0: Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. Thank you for joining us for this half hour. Now, Let's Talk. And good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Tracy Morgan. It's so nice to have you with us today. And today is our day with Concordia visiting nurses. We always kind of Lumping Concordia at the same time, but we don't even have Dino here, so I guess we can just, no, well, it is Concordia and Concordia visiting nurses, so what we are going to do actually is we had already planned to talk about the spiritual care program, and we're going to continue doing that, and Pastor Ben Osterling is with us, and Pastor Ben was going to be with us regardless, so we just, uh, will miss Dino and, and say hi to Dino as he uh, continues his work out there, so uh, what we're going to do is talk about the spiritual care program, and you may not be aware that it's around. We've touched on this briefly a couple of times, but you do need a doctor's script. So we'll kind of explain how that runs when it's a spiritual care program and you need a doctor's script in order to be a part of it. So we'll do that in a moment. Let me first tell you all the different ways that you can listen, because of course you can listen to us on the radio. You do have an app that you can put on your smartphone, your device, and listen that way. You can listen to us online streaming. That would be WISR680.com. Alexa powered devices. That's the other one. So what you can do is just say Alexa play WISR 680 and that would bring us up and voila, there we go. You can listen to us as we're broadcasting for the next half hour. One more option for you. If you have to leave us at some time, what you can do is go onto our website and listen to this as the podcast of the day. So what that means is you go to the menu bar you pick programs. Let's talk. And look for Concordia. The audio player will be right there for you, and you can catch this program in its entirety. And listen to it as much as you'd like or share it. You can do that as well. All right, Pastor Ben Osterling is with us, and he is the, the pastor of Mount Zion, actually, in prospect, and he's also a chaplain for Concordia Visiting Nurses, and he's also a volunteer clergyman for Butler Memorial Hospital and the Butler County Jail. Nice to see you, Pastor Ben. How are you?
1: Good, good, very good. Good,
0: good. Now, and I understand on your church's website, it says that you married your wife, uh, Kelly, in 2006. So I'm not telling tales because this is on the website of your church while working at Eaton Park. So the big question is... How do you feel about the Eaton Park oh, being torn
1: man. down, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what we need to lead into. You do not want to open up that one with my wife. I'm okay, but my wife, she is struggling, so uh, pray for her. Was she working <laughs> at that one? Yeah, we both were, actually. Oh, you both we were? We both met there. We both dated there, and uh, so it's uh, it's pretty
0: painful. Oh, you know. goodness, good because that is the breaking uh, news, right? It, it got is. torn down, but it the is new is one's indeed. coming, so yeah. but that's always a good place. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all right, more seriously, welcome to the program. It is Thank nice you. to see Thanks you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. And, you know, before we get into the spiritual care program, let me just ask you about you being a pastor and, and what draws you to that? What what keeps you engaged in that? Because that's a pretty uh, important position to have to people who, who just need to have that faith and walk through life.
1: Yeah, no, it's something that uh, I think the Lord really called me to because I... I just want to be able to help people. I just mm-hmm. want to be able to care for them and uh, something on an eternal level, something that uh, is going to last forever. And I just love, I love seeing people grow. I love seeing people find peace. Um, I just love being able to help people out. And so uh, it's just an honor to be a part of this, to be a clergy for the church, to be with uh, Concordia. It's just an honor. So.
0: Well, thank you for all that you do. I don't think the clergy members get enough thanks. I don't think you get thanked at all, (laughs) but I may be wrong. I know there's clergy appreciation month, um, but I've talked to pastors before who said, I didn't get anything Uh, in the month. Not that you're looking for something, but so I will say thank you for all that you do because it's a, a tireless job. You love it, I know you do but it seems like you're on call all the time.
1: Absolutely. But I wouldn't want to do anything else. Right,
0: right. You love your job. So you're you're in it. Now, not only being a pastor, of course, what I just mentioned that you're a volunteer clergyman for the hospital and the jail, but also you're a part of Concordia's program for the spiritual care program.
1: Yes, I'm the spiritual care supervisor. I've been with Concordia visiting nurses for almost 10 years now. And uh, so... Yeah, I've gotten to um, be a part of this program and help build it. We just hired two more guys this last week so I think we have eight guys now out in the field so um, it's growing it's just a blessing to see.
0: So a lot of people may not have heard of this if they're not a part of Concordia. Can you give us that general overview of what this is?
1: So the idea is that um, we are able to go into patients' homes, just like the nurses, the therapists, and try to be able to meet that spiritual need. We believe, and what I love about Concordia is they have a holistic approach, and um, this is actually a free service that they provide. They pay for all of it, um, every visit that we make in there, and we don't just visit the patients. Sometimes we visit families, caregivers, um, anyone who's struggling, Concordia pays for that because they want their patients to be uh, whole and uh, in a holistic way.
0: So I mentioned a couple of minutes ago that you have to have a doctor's script.
1: Mm.
0: How does that work when you need a doctor's script? I don't even... Because as a patient, I'm not sure that I've ever gone to my PCP and thought about the request to have a spiritual care provider?
1: Well, that's the thing is most doctors don't think about that either because right, they right. weren't trained in that. So at first it was pretty tough actually uh, because doctors would get calls from our, uh, you know, admin staff and they'd be like, what are you What are you talking about? <laughs> what you are you know? telling people but to yeah, do? Yeah, right. we don't, we don't <laughs> need a doctor's order for that, but uh, it was state required. So uh, we did uh, go through that, but it's become easier now because we have standing orders where the doctor just signs, you know, the standing order and we don't have to call every time. That's just, hey, Mike, if if my patient wants spiritual care, they can have it. And that's helped out a lot. So
0: how long can you visit someone? Because there's, I think, a difference between this particular program and counseling. Mm. And can you explain the difference? Am I right in that? or?
1: There is, yes, um, because what we do is we, we don't try to, you know, do deep issues, although we do get into some sometimes. Our main issue, our main thing is, is getting in there and doing some active listening, just trying to figure out what it is that someone's struggling with and trying to help them find peace and encouragement through that. But we do get into some counseling and, uh, you know, try to help people with some, some different family dynamic issues and different things. Whatever it is that's inhibiting their care, we just want to try to help walk them through it.
0: So I want your trade secrets. So here we go. So <laughs> I, I ask this generally, knowing that everybody is a different individual, mm. but I'm sure you run into people when you ask, how are you? And they may not know. Sure. And I always say that's okay not to know. It's just don't stay there, you know, get some help, reach out if, right. if you're struggling. But how do you start that conversation when somebody says, I don't know, you know, maybe they're just so numb at right. the moment that they just don't know where to, to unpack everything.
1: Yeah. And that's a that's a tough question. Uh, sometimes you go into a patient's house and you know they're just giving you one word answers. They just don't, you know, know how to get into it right away. Um, but I've noticed, you know, just trying to establish those connection points. You know, trying to figure out what they what they're going through, what they like, what they uh, are into that I can connect with. Just to try to get them up you know, talking and and connecting. Um, But one of the questions that I'll ask sometimes is, you know, how are you doing emotionally? And I've noticed that kind of opens the door a little bit, you know, especially if they're struggling with something and, and maybe they'll start crying or maybe they'll, you know, just let you know that I'm struggling, you know, and then we can start unpacking that once they do that.
0: I think just because you're a pastor by nature, you're like the safe person.
1: Yeah. Do you feel that? I, I do. It's amazing how many times I'll be talking to someone. Just to, for instance, um, I was talking to a 90-some-year-old gentleman, uh, one of our patients, and he started telling me about some things that happened in the war, in World War II. And uh, just amazing stuff that he was talking about and some things that he really struggled with. And I noticed after a while that his son was peeking around the corner. And uh, when I got done, he said, did he tell you something about World War II? And I said, yeah, he was telling me about it. He said, he's never told anybody Mm. about that Um, so they sometimes patients just feel safer um, knowing that we're confidential knowing that we're just there to care about them to be able to open up to some of those things
0: so I know you're caring for other people I'm a big advocate that helpers need help as well not that you're not a professional you know you you are but you know you can't do this alone either how how do you maintain your health Mm. through what it is that you have to do
1: Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> it, it has been a struggle, especially lately with all the the COVID things. And um, But for me, I, I try to, I have good friends, good pastor friends that I can talk to and we can, you know, uh, talk about some of these things. But uh, I also try to get away. I'm, mm-hmm, <laughs> I'm going mm-hmm. away uh, next week for two weeks, actually, uh, next uh, for a couple of days, just a couple of days at a time alone with the Lord alone. I like to go out in the woods. I really like it. It's beautiful out there. You can meditate and read and just kind of detox from mm-hmm. everything. Sure. So. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and I think it's a great point to bring up because I think if, if, clients or patients or those mm. you care for hear that you also take time for yourself. Yeah. Maybe it, it helps them to make that phone call. Cause sure. I think the phone call is the hardest thing to do or the walk across the parking lot as they say in self-help groups is that longest walk that you'll take. But once you start in the process of talking to someone, yeah. it it seems to open up a door that um, is healing.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important for them to realize why we're here and what we do is is not to try to convert them to a certain religion or, you know, to try to make them believe something they don't want to believe. But we're there to help them just wherever they're at, whatever they're struggling with, wherever God is for them. Um, We just want to help them, you know, spiritually to be able to draw closer to him, to be able to find emotional peace. Um, That's why we're there.
0: And let's talk a little bit more about that in case somebody is of a different faith. Uh, Maybe they have their script and, and you're a Baptist pastor or a preacher and, and you're with Concordia Lutheran ministry. So I mean, right there, it's a great uh, combination and it's a great partnership that you have, but let's say I'm Lutheran and, and I ask for this and maybe you're available, does that have any, is there any inhibitions there? Because you're not of the same faith.
1: Well, I think, I think there is sometimes with patients, but we try to, we try to quell those pretty quickly by again, explaining what we do. It's not, it's not religious care. I tell people it's not religious care, it's spiritual care. So. Every one of us has a body, soul, and spirit, everyone, whether we go to church or whether whether we don't. And I'll tell our clinicians when I'm, you know, educating them, they go into a patient's home and they see a picture of Jesus on the wall and crosses and things. And they're like, oh, this person could probably use spiritual care. Then they go into a patient's home and, you know, there's some drug issues and this person's all tattooed up. And they're like, oh, this person doesn't want. But that doesn't have anything to do with what we do. Mm -hmm. We're trying to deal Mm -hmm. with the spirit inside of the person and just help them through whatever they're going through. So regardless of their religious affiliation or denomination or whatever, we just want to connect with their heart, connect with their spirit and help them, you know, in their spiritual walk. Um, So
0: I had a pastor at one time who would ask, how are your emotions much Mm. like you do? But then he would also ask, how is your spirit? Mm. How do they differ? How do you get somebody to understand how is my spirit? Mm. Because again, I would say, I don't know, (laughs) you know, I understand how I'm feeling in the moment, but how is my spirit? I'm not sure.
1: And I think they're very connected. um, The spiritual and the emotional, they play off of each other uh, a lot. So sometimes it is hard to to understand, but our understanding of God, our understanding of who he is and how he interacts with our life is just very important. It's very important to, you know, what we believe. It's very important to uh, what we think about ourselves and, and about others. And so getting into that idea of of God and where is he, who is he for you right now, and talking those things out, I think kind of opens up the spiritual door a little bit more. Because even even people that, like I said, don't go to church still think about those things and still have those questions and concerns.
0: I want to go back to the connection that you have with Concordia. And my question is, or my point in this is, could you explain a little bit to the audience in how Concordia is a faith based organization. I mean, that's why they have this kind of program. Yes, it's healthcare. Yes, it's for living of, of a continuum of care, if you will, and in, in different living situations. But this is around because they are a faith based organization.
1: Indeed. And, and I think that's really what sets us apart as far as a visiting nurse organization, because um, there are many visiting nurse organizations, and I'm sure they do a good job as well, but I don't know of another one that takes a holistic approach. And it is because of our background. It is because it is a Christian organization. I tell people that, like I said, in training and talking to people, we're not ashamed of that. We're not ashamed to you know, proclaim that we are a Christian organization. That is our roots, and that is still a, a big part of what we do. Again, we're not trying to force anything on anybody, but some people choose our organization because of that, because they uh, they want that, that part, you know, and they don't get it anywhere else.
0: So those that are a part of Concordia can have access to this service. Uh, again, if you're going to your doctor's, get the go- doctor script and you can follow that path. What if I'm not a part of Concordia? Am I still able to take advantage of this particular program?
1: Well, and again, the, the great thing about Concordia is they, they care about our community as well. And we have done, you know, visits with discharged patients that, um, that are off of our program. You know, we have done visits with family members of our patients that, uh, need help. We do visits with family members. I've, I've done some counseling even recently with family members of our employees that, you know, have nothing to do with Concordia whatsoever. So if someone is struggling, um, Concordia, if we can help out, we'd like to. So,
0: so again, I go back to that doctor's script when you have visited, we'll say, once or twice with somebody do you have to go back for the doctor's script to extend that how how is it that we can have multiple visits from you or is that not in the plan
1: well as as a rule yes we we did need to go back every single time and get a doctor's visit now the nice thing is something that just happened with us very new in the last uh, three or four weeks Um, We put the uh, standing orders on our 485s, which is part of our mission packet. So whenever a doctor signs that, he is signing off on a spiritual care visit. Oh, okay. Um, As many as the patient wants, however many they want, and the nurses just need to put them in. So that's been a huge, huge help for us getting through the the doctor's orders issues and being able to go back if a patient needs some more help.
0: So who makes the determination of how many times you come back? So let's say you have the one visit. Is it the nurses? themselves is it the patient themselves or is it you or do you all decide that it is a
1: continuum all three really okay Um, if if a nurse really thinks that you know a patient can can use more uh, she can put in another visit Um, if a patient asks we'll go as many times as a patient asks us to come out and visit Um, and I tell my guys you know in the field listen if you if you see an issue that you really think needs to be addressed and you think you can help them out then ask them you know and because and, we have to ask and get permission from the patient sure, yeah um but if they want another one let's do it man we want to help them so.
0: so at what point do you determine this would need more counseling even if it's spiritual counseling sure. that's fine but w- when do you know when do you turn that over well, to another level
1: the nice thing is um you know our, our guys are, are all professionals they're mostly all pastors or retired pastors they have a lot of experience in this and I trust them to know, hey, this is above my pay grade. You know, mm, like this okay. is something that, and I've had to do that myself. Um, just uh, I've had some patients open up with issues that were deep and, and, and were just something uh, that needed to be some psychological help that I just, I was not a, <laughs> appraised for. Right, so, right. So I would uh, refer them to, and we have different programs, you know, that we can refer them to. Um, but that's something I leave up to them. I think they're really good at knowing where that line is and saying, hey, This is something you need some extra help with.
0: And I'm glad that you are talking about that and are open with that because I think, again, I could be wrong, but I think a lot of us look at pastors and think, okay, well, you can solve all my problems because isn't that the nature of the job, right? (laughs) So I'm going to come to you and talk to you. and, And it's not necessarily true.
1: It's not. And, and that can be overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> right? People look at you and they're like, <laughs> you have all the answers. No, I, I really don't. I'm here to try to help, tr- here to try to support. Uh, that is the main thing that we do. And we do do some counseling. Like I said, we try to get into the scriptures, find truth and prayer and things like that. Um, but there are just some things that are that are above our pay grade and uh, we're, not, we're not afraid to right. say, hey, we need some help That's here. Sometimes we call in the social worker um, if there's something that they need to do, mental health we have as well. So we have a lot of ancillary services that we can say, hey, we need some help here.
0: So let's talk a little bit uh, about this past year, if you will, I I won't get into details because of course everybody's an individual, but Mm. have you seen the increase in need? Have you been, you and your crew, your, your, you know, partners that are with you in this for the spiritual care program with Concordia? Have you been out a lot more?
1: Um, well, it's interesting. I think we haven't been out a lot more, but the need is greater. Mm, so we, okay. we actually switched to, for a while, we only did phone visits um, because they weren't allowing too many more ancillary services in there. So we went to phone visits. Now we're doing a hybrid with in-person and phone visits, um, but the need has been greater. And so actually we had our guys calling Every patient, just to see how they were doing, um, which is something again that I appreciate about Concordia and about our, our chaplaincy staff, that they just jumped in there and just started calling people, every patient, saying, you know, how are you doing? What are you, what are you going through? Can we help you? Um, not necessarily for a visit, but just to check on them and see how they were doing. And it's amazing how many people, even on the phone, would open up um, because people are really struggling right now. Well,
0: and don't you think that's a key to us as human beings that we just want to know that somebody cares? Absolutely. And in what we went through, we've never been through that. So I tell
1: people that's, that is quintessentially what we do is we're trying to, to show that we care because people want to know that people want to be a part of a program that cares too, you know, and one of the biggest the biggest thing that our patients are going through is loneliness, obviously. And I always said that before, you know, before COVID, I said this is a struggle that our patients have. But now it is just off the charts how much they're struggling because their family might not be able to come around. Sometimes families are saying, hey, I don't want anybody coming in. Um, You know, you're just going to have to make phone calls and things like that. So having someone come in face-to-face or talk to you, uh, you know, at length on the phone, has just been something that's been amazing for our patients to be able to open up and to be able to let some of those things out. Because sometimes that's all they need is they just really need to be able to digest some of these things that have been <laughs> right. happening and vent them to someone.
0: And I'm glad you make, make the point you, you did. And, and the next point I will make is not pinpointed towards Concordia. So please don't hear that I am saying this, that it's just pinpointed towards Concordia. Sure. But I think you make a good point that I think a lot of us have in our minds the fact that there wasn't visitation allowed where we didn't think about the patient's perspective the client's perspective the resident's perspective that maybe they didn't want anybody coming in you sure. know i mean i mean there, it's twofold it there is. anywhere in the country it even is. our area as well right
1: yes so you would have patients that you know just need somebody just want somebody to come in and talk to them they just love that And then you have patients that just were like, do not, absolutely do not Mm -hmm. come into my home um, because they were scared. They're, you know, worried about what's going to happen to them. They're in that category. Um, And so we would do the phone visits and those would go pretty well with them. But yeah, it's, it's been an interesting process trying to figure out how to balance all that.
0: And do you think that there's going to be an emotional transition that we have to take to get back to, I hate to say normal, but we'll just say that for the sake of our conversation, but we're gonna. I think we we need to make this emotional transition, and that's yeah. going to be hard to understand how we do that.
1: It is, and, and but I think it, it's just something people are going to have to talk out and be open to uh, just dialoguing through, because we all have to digest what happened right. and, uh, and try to grow from it.
0: So why do you think people want this program?
1: Um, well, I think... I think some people really just appreciate, because of their background, they've maybe lost connection with their pastor, lost connection with their church, um, or moved and don't have one, and they just really appreciate having that, that spiritual component of pastor coming into their home. And I think other people just really need to talk, just really need someone to, to just care about them. And I tell our, our nurses when I'm doing training with them, listen, I know I know they care about our patients. They do. They do a wonderful job, but sometimes, you know, they're overwhelmed with the short staffing that we have right now. And they can't sit there for an hour and a half and talk to the patient about, you know, this issue that they're having. They just can't. um, And we can. And so uh, I think that's just a huge thing for uh, Concordia and for our patients
0: and even though they are qualified nurses they may not be qualified to talk sure. about the spirituality sure. for someone Sometimes, and so
1: so and I yeah. tell them you know when you get questions like why is this happening to me why would God let this happen we don't expect you to answer those questions right call right. us in and we'll help out
0: is that the top question w- would you say that's the top concern or those actually that question is two different questions because what you hear most and what people are concerned about most probably differ yes
1: uh, yes, and uh, well, it is probably one of the top questions because people look at sometimes, you know, things that happen to me, God's trying to do something to me, and we get a chance to talk to them and show them from Scripture that, you know, bad things do happen to good people. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you, and we get to uh, show them down that, that avenue. But, I mean, when you've been used to doing something all of your life, and all of a sudden you can't do it anymore, and you're wondering, sometimes our, our patients will be questioning, you know, hey, what is what is my worth? What can I... Add, I can't even make it out of my house, you know, and we get to wrestle with those questions you know, why is God letting this happen and show them that God still loves you. He still cares about you and try to encourage them. And
0: I would assume you get those questions that are not even related to COVID-19 sure. oh, because as someone ages, they may end up having to make decisions that limit right. what they are used to in life, whether sure. it's driving or their mobility or, or whatnot. Do you find that to be true? Do you yes. find that's a focus for a lot of individuals?
1: Again, yeah, before even COVID. I mean, their diagnosis, you know, they're struggling with cancer, they're struggling with, you know, some kind of life-altering or life-ending illness. And, and why? Why would this happen? And uh, why is it that God would allow these things are just some top questions besides COVID that just have always, I think, have always people humanity has struggled with.
0: Do you find that good can come out of bad situations? And I ask that because I think when we're going through the the negative it's hard to see that and we do question that a lot but if we see the light at the end of the tunnel if you will I think then we can relate back to what's happened to us and say there is good that can come out of the bad
1: Absolutely. And uh, I say that people think I'm a little bit crazy, I think, sometimes, but I say that even with COVID, even for our church and and, and just people in general, I see God working and I see people asking questions about God that that just didn't care before. Um, I see people, you know, wrestling with, you know, where is my relationship with the Lord and wrestling with eternity and things that people were just too busy for before. And uh, I've gotten a chance to talk to a lot of people about those questions that I feel like I would never have if these things hadn't happened. So I think just, we have to look for that silver lining sometimes. God's always working.
0: Yeah, Pastor Ben Osterling is with us, the pastor of Mount Zion, but he's uh, the chaplain for Concordia Visiting Nurses, or one of the chaplains, I should say, or we are promoting you, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's correct. Ahead of this particular spiritual care program with Concordia, and then a volunteer clergyman for Butler Memorial Hospital and Butler County Jail as well. With only a couple of minutes left, let me ask you about folks with no faith. I know Mm -hmm. I asked you if there's a differing faith, and we talked a little bit about that, but what if they don't have faith at this moment? Maybe they're listening right now, and they think, you know what, I think it's time to call. I think it's time to reach out. Is that allowed? Can somebody do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and um, we start by actually talking a little bit about faith, because some people don't have faith, but they want to. <laughs> they want to right. believe in something, right. and they want to find peace through the Lord. And so we love to be able to open up and talk about Jesus and talk about what we believe He did and how that can affect them. And I can tell you story. We don't have time to tell you story after story of people who have found peace through that. Even uh, stories of people who were going to the hospital um, on a regular basis every few months for anxiety, who now don't do that anymore because they found peace through that. But if they're not open to that at all, we can just we can meet them on an emotional level and just try to. Be there to just let them open up and talk, let them, you know, get out the things, detox with the things that they need to, um, and just try to encourage them and help them. So whatever aspect it is, we just want to try to be a help to them.
0: I think it's a great program, especially now. I know it's always been a fabulous program. As you said, it's been growing and you've just added a couple of more individuals. Uh, I assume that there are people who have not been aware that this is around. Have you found that to be true as well? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And uh, so it's just something that, you know, in our continuum, even doctors and even some of our nurses, you know, struggle to repeat member sometimes because they weren't trained in that in in medical school you know um, so education is important things like this are important to let people know um, that we are here whatever you're struggling with we're here to help absolutely let's get your
0: contact information or concordia's how do we go about being a part of this or do we have to see our doctor first give us that run through of of the program
1: well you can always call the uh the office uh there in cabot that's our main office three five two six two zero zero um, but, uh, yeah, if, if you are in the continuum of Concordia care, all you have to do is ask your nurse and say, Hey, I, I'd really like to see or hear that guy that was talking on the radio. <laughs> I was thinking the same I, thing. That guy that was on the radio I remember his with name that girl, That's yeah. right. <laughs> but I am going to talk to somebody and, uh, and they'll hook you up.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's okay, folks. You can do with that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We take
0: no offense to that guy and that girl. They were talking about spiritual things. Definitely. That's fine. Just go ahead and get the help. And if you want to reach out, then then please go ahead and, and do this. Uh, final thoughts about what we've been talking about. Just, I guess, the importance of this kind of program for community members.
1: Yeah. Um, again, with, with everything that everyone's going through, I think everyone, and we mentioned myself included, and you know, people who do this side of it, we just need sometimes someone to talk to. I believe in talk therapy. I believe in active listening. I believe that it's good for us to be able to get the things out and not hold them in um, indefinitely. I believe it's good for us to uh, look into to scripture and to be able to pray together. All of those things that people are, if they're willing to go through, uh, can be helpful in their in their journey, even just you know physically healing. Uh, there's been many studies that have talked about that because of what happens inside of us in our spirits. They can make a difference in our physical healing. So I think it's it is important in what we do.
0: I think sometimes we just need a starting point. We do.
1: You know? And yeah. then
0: the flood gets open and <laughs> yeah. yeah we're we're yes. off and running and in telling our stories. Yeah, but that's we'll, okay.
1: We'll start with a uh you know someone who doesn't open up and talk and pretty soon spend an hour and a half. Right. And, there,
0: so. <laughs> and you're on your first question. That's, that's yeah, right. that's okay. That's, that's, right. that's all it right. Is. Pastor Ben Osterling, of course, in association with Concordia, but their their spiritual care program. Mm. And uh, since you are here, I'm going to ask you uh, Mount Zion and prospect uh, website. I mean, how can we come and visit your church?
1: Um, it is mountzionlakeside.org because we are on a beautiful spot on the lake down there on, uh, in Moraine State Park on Lake Arthur. Um, and so you can look that up. It has all the information on it and, uh, we encourage you. Come on out and visit. Absolutely. And
0: you mentioned to me that you had outside services in the past. Are you we still do. continuing those? Uh,
1: we aren't. We were thinking about doing that coming summer again, maybe uh, once a month, something like that. Yeah. But we also have, I was amazed actually over Easter, someone came in to the church and said, Hey, we've been sitting out in the parking lot on the other side of the lake. And he said, I just want you to know there's a big following over there. We come in and listen to the radio station. We have a shortwave radio station. Okay. Yeah. He said, we just watch the sun come up over the the lake and just listen to the service. And that was encouraging to me that uh, people were listening. Oh,
0: Their ideas there. There Their ideas. Their ideas. All right. Mm -hmm. Pastor Ben, thank you so much for coming in today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh Uh-huh. And and folks, if you would like to listen to this program again, maybe you joined us a little bit late into our program. What you can do is go onto our website at wisr680.com and what you do is pick programs. Let's Talk, and that's going to bring you up to the audio player. Just look for Concordia. I know we kept saying Pastor Ben Osterling, but this is with the Concordia uh, Spiritual Care Program. So you'd want to look for Concordia, Concordia Visiting Nurses. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Tracy Morgan with Let's Talk.
1: The information and opinion shared on this program are solely those of our guests and do not necessarily represent those of WISR, the Butler County Radio Network, or its staff and employees.